I think the most important thing that I learned in AA that I hold so dear is that um, once I got on my feet, you guys taught me to turn to the next guy and help the next guy. And that's like, it's just, it's the joy of my life. I I heard it through the grapevine. Welcome. It's the AA Grapevine Half Hour Variety Hour. Featuring the collected voices of Alcoholics Anonymous, I'm Don, an alcoholic in Greensboro, North Carolina. Such an alcoholic chaos monkey. (laughs) (laughs) Who you calling the chaos monkey? (laughs) (laughs) Hey folks, I'm Sam, an alcoholic in Palm Springs, California. (laughs) Don, Don, it's our two-year anniversary episode celebration. Uh, Yay! Let out the chaos monkeys! Folks, our anniversary is October 4th. It's very exciting. I mean, I can't believe we've been doing this thing for two years. Yeah. And what a treat it's been. I mean, so many wonderful conversations. We've gotten to meet so many cool people. People from all over the world. And we're meeting folks online and we're getting to meet people in person as well. It's, It's a real joy. We get to interview people with whom we would not mix. I I sit here every week with, with someone, someone I would normally I mix. mix with. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's true enough. Well, who's our guest today for our special anniversary episode? Don, today's guest is John W., the editor of The Grapevine. He's going to talk about his recovery and we'll learn how an issue of The Grapevine is put together from start to finish. But first, he's going to jump in with us right now to talk a bit about the podcast. Hey, John. Hey, guys. Sam, Don, happy anniversary. Thanks. I'm super psyched to be on the show. I listen to it every Monday on my way to work to the grapevine. I look forward to it all the time. I love it. I can't believe you do that because it seems like you'd have enough of the grapevine. You read and put together every issue, not only what's published in the issue, but everything that's not published in the issue. <laughs> I know, but I just love the the podcast so much and it comes out every Monday. So it's like a little treat every Monday. You know, when you're heading to work, it's like, oh, no, it's Monday. Yeah. Yeah, It really brightens my day. Well, we thought we'd talk about how we put together the podcast. People might be interested, and you expressed interest in how we do it as well. Cool, yeah. But first, let's throw a few statistics out here, Don. How about that? Okay. We are averaging over 5,700 downloads per week. That's over 555,000 all-time downloads. There's 193,000 unique listeners. Spike of around 2,500 listeners every Monday. John's one of them. And we have listeners in the U.S., Canada, U.K., Australia, Ireland, Mexico, India, Germany, South Africa, Japan, Vietnam, Thailand, the Netherlands, Colombia, Turks and Caicos Islands, Switzerland, France, Brazil, Belgium, Jersey, Sweden, Spain, New Zealand, Italy, Finland, Cambodia, Portugal, Panama, Puerto Rico, South Korea, Costa Rica, Norway, Poland, U.S. Virgin Islands, Denmark, Greece, Indonesia, Israel, Kenya, Croatia, Lithuania, Peru, Philippines, Austria, Bahamas, Bermuda, Bolivia, Czechia, Ecuador, Hong Kong, Luxembourg, Pakistan, Guatemala, Jamaica, Latvia, Singapore, Taiwan, Turkey, Belize, Cayman Islands, Dominican Republic, Guam, Kuwait, Nigeria, Slovakia, Ukraine, and United Arab Emirates. We're taking over the world! (laughs) It would seem we might be. (laughs) I cannot believe the reach of a podcast. 
because we're just like sitting in our rooms talking into these microphones. Well, you know, there's one place that's missing and I want to see it on the list next year. Yeah. That would be the International Space Station. (laughs) Wouldn't that be awesome? We got to get an alcoholic up there. (laughs) I'm sure we've had a few alcoholics (laughs) to the moon. Now, how do you guys know that it's at these it's it's listened to in those other places? So we got this fantastic map and list on our podcast platform host where the uh, the files for the uh, the podcast are uploaded. And then from there, it's published out to all the podcast platforms that people have on their phones and computers and such. Podcast is addictive. Yeah. <laughs> Makes you want more. There might Good. be a program for that. Yeah, <laughs> you know what that's the best thing is having your fans be people with extremely addictive personalities oh my god <laughs> which all of us well we're enthusiasts podcasts yes, we enthusiasts. are enthusiasts yes indeed <laughs> so the host where from where the podcast is dispersed everywhere is the last step in the process of creating a podcast and the first step is choosing the guests and what who's going to be on it, what, what it's going to be. All the interviews are chosen by different people in the Grapevine network. Sometimes we have guests recommend other guests. We've had people in AAWS as well recommend guests. It's it's a really big pool, but I think one of the most important things is, you know, as alcoholics, some of us might be a little into, I don't know, self-promotion maybe. <laughs> uh, so we don't tend to, oh, actually don't tend to, we don't at all, uh, except people who say, hey, put me on the podcast. As much as it would be fun to do that, because you know you're going to get somebody enthusiastic. That's how we find all of the guests, except for the First of the month is always a tie-in episode, and that's tied into the Grapevine magazine. Which is so cool because we get to see what's coming out. We get a uh, an early proof of the magazine, and Don or I or both of us will read through it and start saying, ooh, this sounds like a fun person. Let's, let's talk. And we'll pull together a short list of people we would like to have as a guest for that month's tie-in. And the first person to respond to the invitation is the one that we generally have. We read this and we don't know who the people are. Sometimes they're anonymous. There's no contact information. So we give the three choices that we've made to Najin, who is our, how would you describe Najin? She is so important to us. I mean, she's important to everything going on. She is the most can-do person. (laughs) And Najin has done some boots-on-the-ground reporting for us at the uh, AA World Services office and Grapevine offices. And she was on the podcast last year when I visited the offices. I got to talk to her a bit. John, does she get to you to find out the contact information for the people that have been chosen, the authors of the who are in the Grapevine? No, Marilyn, the uh, editorial assistant, she has all that information. She keeps it, you know, secret, of course, and we can contact them through her. Yeah. Then we schedule an interview and we record on internet conferencing software. Can I just say that that 
my favorite day of the month is I get to hear uh, uh, the voice of a story that I know really well, that I've edited, that I know inside and out. And I get to hear their voice. And I'm like, oh, my God, that's her. You know, it's great. I, love <laughs> oh, it. I bet that is really cool. Yes, I'm sure. Yeah. And often that's the case. They don't know that they have an upcoming story in the Grapevine magazine. We get in touch with them before the Grapevine does. Which has been proven interesting a few times. We're <laughs> going. Love it. I do have a story in the grapevine. <laughs> now, very little of what we do is scripted, but there is a little bit of it. You know, usually at the beginning, we may read some lines verbatim, but generally it's more along the lines of some points that we want to get across during this opening of the show. Yep. On that, there's very little scripting at all. Um, talking with folks, it's really, it literally is like having a conversation over coffee after the meeting. That's our goal. Then after that's recorded, I'll spend about three or four hours editing it down and we remove lots of uhs and ands and misstatements. And sometimes Don puts together a song made of all those uhs and ands. <laughs> yeah, I have done that one time before. Sometimes we're a little time shifted in what's going on. We try not to make date references because we sometimes record up to a month in advance. That's right. And sometimes we try to do the magic of radio and act as if something has already happened, <laughs> which is the weirdest thing to do. It feels like you're <laughs> lying, doesn't it? We're totally lying, yeah. and it just doesn't work with who I am today. That's Don. right. I mean, I'm trying to be rigorous, rigorously honest, <laughs> and pretending. Well, like we're making amends now. We're being honest yeah, now. Yeah, we're okay. This is all happening right now, folks. This is live. <laughs> well, it's recorded live. So then we have the interviews recorded. I'll take those together and build a show around that from all the different parts. We've already got a bank of wits ends. Usually we record wits ends uh, on a Saturday or a Sunday afternoon. It's usually when we record Saturday and Sunday afternoons. Sam and I will record 15 wits ends and... I'll take them and edit them down, make them tight, <laughs> add a bunch of sound effects to them, make them sound like old time radio. <laughs> Gives us a real chance to play with those acting skills, those really bad acting skills. <laughs> oh, man, it's a stretch sometimes. I love old time radio, and I think maybe you can hear that <laughs> occasionally. And now for a short snort. <laughs> That's right. But when you two disagree with something and you take a group conscience, there's two of you. Who breaks the tie? Me. Me. <laughs> oh, my God. No, that's when we take it to dad. Yeah, I mean, Chris. I get to Chris. <laughs> oh, Chris. <laughs> the publisher. Well, if we have something that we can't figure out what's the correct thing to do, a lot of times it has to do with, I wonder if we should keep this in the podcast or if we should talk about this or not talk about this on the podcast. We do take it to Chris to try to get a feel for what is the experience of the grapevine around this topic or, or subject. Um, we discuss it a couple of times. Yeah. And you guys know. Yeah. Well, and so and it's not something that happens frequently. It comes up occasionally because one of the things that really works for, you know, us with the podcast, as well as me as an alcoholic in life and a lot of other people, is that we try to hold to our traditions. The traditions guide us in the content and how we express things 
within the uh, the podcast. Yeah, you know, we still try to keep it as much fun and, and conversational as possible, but we also want this to be useful. And we try to, you know, use as much everyday language as we normally would. But sometimes you can't call something what everybody calls it <laughs> because of the traditions. One of the things in the magazine that I just really, oh, I wish I could, but I can't is, uh, you know, I love when people, when they tell their story in AA meetings, they say what liquor they, you know, what brand they loved. And we can't use brand names, so I have to take them out of the magazine of the stories, you know. One of the things that I try to keep in mind in editing as we talk, because sometimes we will usually record 45 minutes for a 30-minute show, and it gets edited down, so things have to be cut. It's always painful to cut things, but I try to keep in mind what is somebody who's listening because we have heard this from listeners who listen to the podcast are trying to figure out if they're an alcoholic or trying to decide, should I go to an AA meeting or they want to go, they know that they have a problem, but they're afraid to go. And it's like a way to put your foot in the water, you know, without taking the plunge. Just listening to the podcast requires no commitment of any kind. So it's a good way to find out what AA is about. We try to keep that in mind. That's one of the reasons we, you know, we have Instagram and the YouTube channel and um, and the podcast is we want to reach people who are maybe even still drinking. And they mm -hmm. hear it and they think, oh, wow, I want to get sober, too. And then here they come, you know, so you never know. I sometimes wonder if it's not irritating to older members, but I am sure that anybody who's been sober a long time can figure out we have to repeat this stuff for the newcomer. Oh, that, okay. That takes me down memory lane. I remember when I, within my first year of recovery, there was a, uh, a rather old woman who sat in the same place every time at that meeting and every share, she shared every meeting and she shared pretty much the same thing every meeting. Because, I mean, I really listened to what she had to share in those very early meetings of mine. And then I clued in of like, okay, she's repeating things. And someone pointed out to me, yes, but how much did that affect you when you first heard it? Think about the new people in the room hearing her share. It's not for you now. It's for them. Well, John, any questions about the podcast? Who does all the technical stuff, all the editing and stuff? How does that, how does that work? How long does that take? each episode. Now, Don is the magic editor of almost everything. I've edited a little bit. We bring, we're bring, we have brought on a new editor as well. Bob S. And so it's one of those things that uh, Don has, is the one who has worked so much magic because, you know, as we tend to tell our guests when we are talking with them before we start recording, you know, Don's edits make us sound like geniuses. <laughs> We sound like we have perfectly formed thoughts before we speak. And it's just not true. <laughs> no. It's the magic of editing. Everyone <laughs> speaks in direct statements. Very clear. And then I've got these ridiculously complex spreadsheets going on behind the scenes. Sam is <laughs> amazing at organization, something I'm not good at at all. I'm dyslexic and ADD and everything else you can think of and just can't figure out how to organize things. 
he can take, we solve problems like, for example, how are we going to keep up with the fact that we don't want to play the same bumper every single week? We want to rotate. What's a bumper, Don? <laughs> a bumper is the little interstitial parts that we play between interviews that repeat occasionally. Like, for example, Grapevine doesn't accept donations. Yes. So we're keeping track of all this type of information via spreadsheet. So we're not repeating the same thing episode after episode. We try to mix it up so we don't bore you folks. <laughs> yeah. So how do you keep up with that? Sam made a spreadsheet for production that has a list of all the things that we do to create an episode and we'll have a way to keep a record of it all. I think one of the cool things about you and me, Don, is that we really are completely different people. Yeah. We are a couple of alcoholics, but you are a very artistic person and I'm a very analytical person. You're incredible with computer stuff. So if we have any technical difficulties whatsoever, you can take care of that figure out what the problem is, get us connected, get the sound working well. It's beautiful. In the meantime, I make little comments. <laughs> well, no, you, you are the one who is like, so the scripting that we talked about earlier is is generally done. Now, we he puts together the start of it, at least, and then we'll flesh things out and, and finalize it together. But uh, Don is definitely got a hand in the uh, the arc of the shows. <laughs> and you both have each other's number. No one gets away with anything. <laughs> oh, gosh, no. You got that right. We have been, we have been calling each other out for years. <laughs> It helps that we've had a long, long time relationship in AA before we even started recording podcasts. Sure enough. So, John, how is the grapevine put together? How many people are involved in making that happen? And what do you do? You've got an office full of hundreds of people there, right? No, we don't. No, we don't. We no, we've got we've got a, a tiny little a sweet little office of hardworking uh, people, like maybe 10 or 11 of us now, um, full time. Whoa. Yeah. And um, and we produce both magazines, the Lavinia and Grapevine. And we have a website and we have a podcast and a Instagram and YouTube. And we put out books. We put out like 30 books now, over 30 books. And during COVID, we all did it from home for two years. And, and you've got that amazing new app, too. Oh, yeah. The app is, oh, yes, the app. Yes. I'm so excited about the app. That's so cool. Uh, maybe we'll reach even more people, you know, who need help. So need to stop drinking. So I tell you, let me see, like for the grapevine, we have about 100, 150 stories that come in every month. How can people submit a story to the grapevine? Go to the website and you uh, scroll down where it says, send us your story and you click it in. We tell you more than you want to know about what we're looking for, how long it needs to be. Uh, it likes it anywhere from 300 words to 100 to 1800 and you can send it in through the website. You can just either uh, attach your document or you can cut and paste and stick it in and send it to aagrapevine.org. Yes. And the stories come in and they're read by three alcoholics, um, every story. And then if we use it right away, we'll let you know for sure um, if we use it. Uh, sometimes we won't use it for a while. And we'll, we have big drawers by subject and we put your story in, like if it's a third step story or an old timer story or a tradition story or a newcomer story we put it by subject and we may use it up the road but we'll let you know if we use it and uh there's no limit to how many stories you can send it in you can send one every month if you want we love that 
my suggestion, if you like, well, how do you write a story for a grapevine? I would get a magazine and I would look and see, read some of the stories, see how they're written, see how they start, uh, see how long they are. They can be, if it's super short, we can stick it in the letter section. We love those little mm -hmm. tiny things. Like It could be a thought you had, it could be uh, something you heard at a meeting the other day. It could be an amend you made. It could be about a sponsor you once had. It doesn't have to be your full-blown alcoholic story, although we love those. But you also publish lots of like snippets, the kind of thing that I might share in a coffee yeah. shop about something that happened with a step and this happened. That's exactly like one of Absolutely. those stories. Something that happened the other day that really knocked your socks off. You send that in. We could put it in the letter section. We love those. We We always want those. Also, we really need tradition, individual tradition stories. We have to run one every month. And sometimes I come up to a month and I don't have one. And it's, you know, I make some calls. <laughs> but like, you know, like if something happened at your business meeting, then and all hell broke loose and it was solved by some tradition that you guys that pointed to some tradition, you know, write that up and tell us. We, you know, send us that experience, you know. Also, you the traditions in your life, in your own personal life, too. You know, we we love those kind of stories. You also get some pictures submitted and and artwork, don't you? Yes, artwork. Oh, we love artwork and photographs. We don't get nearly enough artwork, but if you do watercolors or paintings or or, or, you know, just make sure it's anonymity protected, like especially photos. Um, we will use that and we put as much member art in the magazine as as we can. And also when you're sending in a story, you don't have to be a great writer. That's what we're here for. That's what I do all day. We can tidy it up for you. We can we can help with that. So you don't have to be a great writer at all. We get lots of stories. In fact, most of the stories we get in are not really printable yet, you know, and we can, okay. we can tidy yeah. that up, you know, so don't worry about that. We're looking for the experience and the story, you know, does it reach your heart? Is it, is it saying something? That happens so many times reading a story. It's like all of a sudden I'm going, oh, this is interesting. And all of a sudden a tear comes to my eye because I mean, it's really yeah. hit home somehow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I will just, I will just, I will, I'll lose, I'll, I'll call my, uh, Kim, who helps me assess stories, I'll call him and say, oh my God, I just saw there's a story from this prisoner and oh my God, we'll just both be crying over the phone. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. So we work on uh, like about four issues at the same time, like four different months at the same time. Like the the first one is like the, the beginning of it and then the other two are in the middle and the other one we're about to close. And so it's kind of like, I feel like my job is like, uh, balancing plates on sticks like in the circus you know uh, whichever stick, whichever plate needs your attention you know and it's relentless i mean there's always as soon as a, a plate it's time for it to come off another one's coming the conveyor belt never stops don no no and it's it's such you know it's great i get to sit there and like especially with the prison issue i get to sit and read stacks of prison stories for prisoners you know who some of them are in the prison for life and they're you know, they're writing stuff like, you know, thank you, thank you, Grapevine. That's the only thing. We don't have meetings in here and this is all I have. And it's like, oh, my God, you know, it makes me wake up. This day. Mm -hmm. So, yes, definitely send in all the stories you want. You know, we there's no limit. OK, you put together a proof of what the magazine is. What happens after you've done the proof? Because we get a proof and that's usually two months in advance of the final so issue. So way, way, way early, like the year before, we decide the themes for each month, uh, the themes. Each each month has a theme. Um, and uh, 
and so we call out for those stories and it takes a long time to get those stories in. And I put those, when they come in, I put those in folders. And then we put, when that month comes, we put it together. Uh, I try to put like, if it's a young and sober issue and young and sober stories are at the front, in the back, I put something for other, for like older members or whatever. I try to get a nice mix of men and women and people from different regions. And you know, like if they, if you don't like what the theme is about, like CPC or something, if you don't want to read CPC stories, there's something for you in the back half. CPC, cooperation with the professional community. Yes, yes. That's like helping doctors and lawyers and, um, you know, understand what AA is and isn't. Yeah. Yes. And in the personal section, I try to put like real alcohol, like good drinking stories in there. That's that's where those usually go. And so we we get a good balance. And then we uh, I work with Bay, who is our magician art director. Fedora is the art director for Lavinia. But Bay and Bay, they're both they're both amazing. And Bay's been on the podcast. Yeah, he's been on the podcast. Yeah. Uh, I give him the stories. He drops them in the layout. We talk about the art and then he drops it in the layout, gives it back to me. Then I do like a final edit of everything. And then that's what you guys get. And then that's the one that goes to the proofer. We send it to the proofer twice. Marsha, she's been with us for uh, a long time. She's she's a wizard, too. And so it gets it gets proofed. She finds stuff that I'm like, I can't believe I did. I didn't find that. (laughs) I I love proofers. So anyway, so then it finally where it's been looked at by so many eyes by that point. And then it, we finally it sets sail. We we make we put a cover and send it out. And then another one's coming along, you know. Now, so but there's also that very odd section that's near the back of every issue. Yeah. Wits end. Yes. At the wit. Where does that material come from? Because, you know, we have had so much fun diving into all the wits in stuff that we can find in the archive to bring it to life on the podcast. Yeah, we get that. That comes in through the website that we ask for people to send in jokes and we don't get enough jokes. We want jokes. So please, please. And it doesn't have to be you don't have to have made it up. You can. It's something you could have heard. You pass it along. Uh, as long as it's about alcoholism or drinking, uh, it's, you know, we we love, we please send in jokes. The alcoholic <laughs> dad jokes. Yeah. They are so bad. <laughs> we also have, um, I love that you guys do that. Um, we also have cartoons, uh, like hand-drawn cartoons. So if you're a, if you're a cartoonist or, it, you know, it, the, the, it, again, they don't have to be totally professional. Um, we have this guy named Eric and he's kind of scrawls stuff in there. He, he's so good. And he said it does the craziest things. And it's just like it's a one line drawing with a joke under it, like a joke line. Yeah. under it. Yeah. Yeah. So all of those are alcoholics that do those in the magazine. So it's all submitted by the fellowship. All, all, yes. Everything, every part of it. It's just amazing what the grapevine does. That's the collected voices. Of Alcoholics Anonymous. All wrangled together like herding cats into an issue every month. And another cool thing is that it's it keeps the history of AA. Like during COVID, it, it when all shut down, like 20 years from now, you can look back at the at the 2020, 2021, and 2022 issues and see what it was like. Like what's it, what was it like when everything shut down? Well, we have stories all through there about how uh, AA members got through, like what's this Zoom thing, you know, or what's this, uh, uh, I've been in my apartment for nine months now and isolated and I'm going crazy and how do I get through this? And really great stories through that period. 
Well, John, we're going to take a short break and we're going to come back and get to know you as an athlete. In other words, we want your fifth step. It's time for you to get to work <laughs> and deliver your fifth step. <laughs> and now it's time for a fifth step. <laughs> Hey, Don, what are you playing with on your phone? We're supposed to be recording a podcast here. Sorry, Sam. I was just checking my spiritual fitness in the new Grapevine app. Oh, the daily spiritual maintenance checklist? Well, are you fit? Yep, says so here. And look, there's a daily quote and a sobriety calculator. And you can read the latest issue and all of the past issues all the way back to 1944. And you can have the app read the magazine to you out loud as a playlist. It's the monthly magazine in print and audio. Right in your pocket. The Grapevine and Lavinia apps are now available for both iOS and Android phones. To get yours, go to the App Store on your phone. Hi, everybody. I'm John. I'm an alcoholic. Um, I live in New York City, and uh, my sober date is October 26, 1996. John, what was going on with you when you first got sober and came into AA? Why did you choose to come to AA? Oh, my gosh, Don. I was dead almost. I was. Um, I had been working in nightclubs. I was in rock bands. I was living in this party house in the West Village in Manhattan, and with just crazy club people. And I was so sad and so addicted to alcohol. I was needing uh, tumblers of uh, room temperature vodka to answer the phone or go to the door. I mean, it was mm. it was awful. And I was still working in the clubs and pretending like, hey, we're having a great time, aren't we? And I was dying inside. And I I really probably broke from faking it. I couldn't fake it anymore. I couldn't hold it up. I, the party, I was on this party train and I didn't want to be, I didn't want to get off. I mean, I wanted to get off. I just didn't know mm. how to do it. My mm. mom, she had found AA when I was in high school. So I knew AA worked. She had hidden bottles oh. just like me. She had, you know, she had the shakes. I had the shakes in this party house. Like I couldn't tell anybody I had the shakes. And so you knew about AA because of your mom. Had you ever been to AA? With I had been to a few meetings with her when I was a teenager. Um, okay. But when it came my turn to face AA, I knew it in, it, it involved stopping. And I just oh, like, I was yeah. so afraid to stop. I didn't, I couldn't, you know, I didn't want, that's what kept me from AA. You know, so I, I knew that she got rid of the shakes by going to detoxes. So I went to a detox. I called around and went to this detox in the Bowery and they detoxed me. And guess guess who came in to see me? <laughs> you guys. <laughs> they kicked the bed after the second day and they said, AA. And I thought, oh my gosh, how drastic. AA. Wow. So you guys delivered the message to me in a detox in the Bowery. And I'll never, ever forget that. And guess what? When I had a year sober, a friend of mine, Eddie E, at my home group, took me to speak at a detox, and that was the detox. And I was like, oh, my God, I used to be in here. And he said, great, I have to turn this over to somebody. Can you take it? And for the next eight years, I got to take meetings into that detox that I was in. And it was the best service position I've ever had. Oh, I, I've got chills listening to that. I love that. The identification of somebody in there for you to be able to say, this is the way Alcoholics Anonymous works. 
and for the person listening to be able to say, oh, my God, this person knows exactly what I'm going through. Yeah, I was once in there and now I'm not. So when you got out of detox, what did you do? I didn't listen. Uh, I I know a seed was planted, but I went back to that party house and we all got evicted. I went back to drinking and drugging for the next few months. And I it, I went for like an uh, like a three or four month period of trying to get sober, trying to not drink without you guys. And it was uh, the worst part of, of my life ever, ever. I don't ever, ever want to return to that. And till I finally just uh, couldn't deal with them, we all got evicted. I ended up on a friend's couch in Williamsburg. And I and I finally one day I had a moment in October of 96. And I got off that couch and went into AA and did whatever you guys said. And the other turning point for me is when um, you kept bugging me about a the sponsor thing. And I was like, all right, all right, all right already. And I went up to this total stranger who made it the sponsorship announcement and said, I need one of those. And he took me over to this guy named Scott. And he took me, he was this Wall Street businessman, so completely different from me. <laughs> completely, I was just out of the crazy, freaky club scene. And he took me to this uh, group I still go to today. And I, I've been there since I had five days. And it's this PAX, it's a men's group. It has a giant beginner's table. And he sat me down there and those guys raised me. I've been there ever since. John, what was the biggest fight that you had with yourself about being in AA? The fight was before I surrendered that day. The fight was like, I I can do this on my own. I can do this on my own. I can do this. I can do this. I don't I don't want to go to AA. And I didn't really think. I looking back, that's what was going on. I was, didn't consciously think that. But once I got to AA, I would have run down the street naked with you know with a pumpkin on my head if you had told me to do that. <laughs> I was wondering what you were going to come up with, whether it's going to be peanut butter slathered all over you. It doesn't matter. I would have done it. Oh, my gosh. Now, that doesn't mean I didn't have a lot of fear of things. I I was afraid because I just left. I just disappeared from the clubs one day right off the stage. I just disappeared right into AA. And I was I went through a period where I was just deathly afraid that someone would see me on the street going to a meeting saying, hey, where'd you go? Because I didn't have an answer for that. Now I don't give a. I don't give I don't care now I just like but uh and uh so I I that's when my praying started because I remember I I went into the a meeting and I told somebody I was so full of fear and they said well you know share about it and I shared about it and some guy said well you better start praying came up to me after the meeting and I was like oh my god that's drastic <laughs> and, uh, and so I talked to my sponsor and he said why don't you just ask God to lift the fear just ask God to lift the fear or whatever, whatever you think God might be. Just just ask for the fear to be lifted. And I did that. And I swear to God, something shifted in my soul. And I, you know, I, I'll never forget. And so that's been my experience with prayer is that I don't need to question it. It just I know it works when I ask. When people that uh, that I've talked with over the years that have worked within recovery uh, say treatment centers, or have worked maybe in a central office or within AA World Services or Grapevine, you're surrounded by recovery so much of your day. How do you avoid the trap of that being your recovery instead of going to meetings and working with others and things like that? Because I, ju- I just have very strict rules for myself. They're like, that doesn't count. 
oh, I don't care if I'm editing stories at, for Grapevine all day. That's not my service. That's a job I go to. And I still do that. Like I'm the one of the cleanup guys at, at my Saturday morning meeting. You know, I vacuum and clean up and carry the trash out. You know, I still... And I, you know, I, you know, all the other stuff too. take meetings into detoxes and all that. That's I don't my job doesn't count. So if your job were removed from the situation, you still have a solid program in place and yeah. and the, the actions that you're taking. Yes, yes. And a lot of people who work in like recovery fields probably have to do that. I mean, I'm not, I don't want to speak for them, but that, you know, it's I think it's really important that I not use that for that. We also joke, uh, some of us on the uh, at GSO, like we we say, like because we have these jobs, we need more meetings. Like we're <laughs> alcoholics all day. <laughs> we're working with other alcoholics all day. Oh wait a minute! Now I got it. You go to an Al-Anon meeting at the end of the day because you're surrounded by alcoholics. <laughs> you guys don't call this service probably, right? No. Exactly the same situation, John. Yeah. I mean, this absolutely adds to my recovery. I love that this is part of my life, but my recovery is outside of doing this work. Yeah. Yes. What about the uh, the idea of, could I have felt this, that maybe I am doing too much AA? Because I am in it all day. I'm listening to podcasts. I'm editing podcasts. We interview people on the weekend. I read the grapevine. And then I do my AA work. And it's like all, sometimes it feels like all I do is AA. And it's, it, and that is overwhelming. It really begins to turn. Yeah, that's a challenge. That's a challenge. So you don't make AA the enemy. Like it's taken my whole life. I don't even have a life now. You know, like I try, I work really hard to not get to that point. When you do have jobs like this, it does, it does. I have to just be careful and do things on the outside, like go water skiing with my friends or, you know, stuff and go to concerts and go do things. Um, oh, yeah. so you have a life. I do have a life. John, thanks for being here today. This has just been enlightening in so many ways. Thanks for all you do. You guys, you just brighten this whole thing. It's like you have such a great routine and you just rag each other and you you have a lot of laughter on the, on the show. And I just love it. I think it's the best thing that Grapevine's done in a long time. Hi, this is Bob S., one of the editors of the Grapevine Podcast. Uh, keep listening because we have a compilation of some of the outtakes and bloopers from Sam and Don from this past year. All of this to celebrate the second anniversary of the AA Grapevine Podcast. I'm at the very wit's end. An historic short snort from January 1959. It's alcohol and alcohol alone that is responsible for your present condition. Thank you, Your Honor, for saying that. You're the first person that hasn't said it was all my fault. (laughs) (laughs) It's really not that funny. Thanks for joining us. The AA Grapevine Half Hour Variety Hour is posted every Monday and is produced by AA Grapevine, Inc. We don't speak for AA as a whole. We share the experience, strength, and hope of members to help others recover from alcoholism. Podcast info, including how to call in, is at aagrapevine.org podcast. Find AA Grapevine on Instagram and the AA Grapevine channel on YouTube. All things Grapevine are available at aagrapevine.org. 
If you want to know more about AA, Google Alcoholics Anonymous and your city or visit aa.org. on the set yeah let's start we're started we are starting yeah we've been started you can start me up start me up <laughs> damn yeah don i got a question yeah what is it <laughs> this is don an alcoholic in greensboro north carolina i just want to test my sound i don't think your thinking is sound <laughs> i think you're very unsound don how Man, could this possibly happen? <laughs> to a nice girl like me. <laughs> exactly. Intro <laughs> music. Olivia, we're professionals. Okay? I was worried, but I'm not now. <laughs> Sam. <laughs> yeah, Don? Do you know who I am? <laughs> yeah, Don? Help me. Hey, Don. Yeah, Sam? What's the word? Amends. Hmm. Amends? Yes. I'm going to make amends to you. But first, I'm going to kick your <laughs> Bless your heart. I knew that was coming. <laughs> Keep coming back. That's the AA version of bless your heart. <laughs> Don. Damn. Yeah, Don. Do you know who I am? Yeah, Don. <laughs> Band, hit it. Ha <laughs> <laughs>